So what? We watch anime. So what? We play League. We're just having fun. We don't care who sees. So what? We stay in. It don't bother me. Living young, pale and nerdy. Hello and welcome to the Reading Entertainment Podcast, episode 338 for February 20th, 2022. My name is is Nathan Reeton Spruce, joined by Andrew Roa McFain. I'm joined. Jo- I, I joined. You're here. You woke up. You woke up in time. I did. Ba- barely, from the sounds of it. I just ate a bunch of uh, the Hamburger Helper. I love Hamburger Helper. And we are joined also by Connor, the cyberpunk monk Besh. Anime, so what? League, so what? Listen, listen. I, I still haven't got a new song or any prospects on a new song. So, I thought about taking a hundred dollars and going to Fiverr and like paying four or five people to be like, make me a song, and then choosing between the four or five. But I didn't do that because I got lazy. Anyway, of course, I am your host. Nathan Reinspruth. Uh Connor, where can we find you? You can find me and you and Aroa at aroa.website. And one of those links I want to bring your attention to is Clinton's Core Classics Rise of the Rune Lords. This is a Pathfinder First Edition actual play podcast doing the module that kind of started it all, Rise of the Rune Lords. Publishing-wise, we are you know, a little bit more than halfway through book five right now. So really, at this point, you could... Pick your favorite and start there if you wanted, or you could start from the front if you wanted. We have enough episodes to last you probably a year or more. Now, question though, is how many how many books are there? There's seven chapters, Six. right? Six. Six. Okay. Okay. Hundred. Then there's an epilogue where we just go and and kill every. We turn evil and kill everyone. We should have uh, yeah, done we... that. We we might make a Patreon thing where that happens, but uh, <laughs> stay tuned for more info on that. Yeah. And, of course, uh, Roa, where can we find you? Well, you, you already said it. Roa.website? Yeah. And good Any, website. Anything you want to want to give attention to? Uh, website. Oh, okay, cool. Cool. Good answer. <laughs> good, good. And of course, you can find me at a road website. But I would like to pay it. Uh, I would like to actually give out the links. Uh, Twitter uh, at Reeton. Uh, Twitch. I am on Twitch Monday through Friday, six p.m. Pacific time to nine p.m. Pacific time. And I, uh, you, you can find me there at Reeton. So twitch.tv forward slash Reeton. Uh, follow and and watch me play video games poorly. And then of course. I am posting my podcast. Uh, it's it's uploaded everywhere. So it's on Spotify and iTunes and Amazon and Stitcher. It's everywhere. Uh, but now I'm also posting the new the new episodes are going up on YouTube. I'm not putting the old episodes up there because that would take a long time. And I don't want to do that. So they're all going up. The, the new ones are all going up. And that you can follow me on YouTube at youtube.com forward slash Reeton or Reeton Entertainment. Either one will work. Uh, what games have you played this week, Connor? Me? Uh, you know, it actually has been a pretty good week for gaming. 
I do want to mention the thing that I've been playing most, which is Breath of the Wild. I'd mentioned like two weeks ago or something like that. I had to reboot my Switch for an update and, it, you know, whatever game is actually in the console, like the cartridge slot is whatever shows up first. So I was like, whatever, I'll play Breath of the Wild again. Y'all, it's a really good game. <laughs> I yeah, it am is. on master mode right now. I've completed the the sword quest, so I got my, my sword all maxed out, which was a pain in the butt. I've just completed all of the shrine quests, which was kind of a pain in the butt. And I'm almost done with all the side quests. This is a game that I did not think I would end up being 100 percenting, and I'm probably not going to end up getting all the Korok seeds because there's like 900 of them or something like that. Yeah. But I could do everything else than that and be pretty damn satisfied with myself. And it's just poop. It's just poop. It's it's yeah. tree creature poop. Yeah. But here's here's my question. Have you ever thought about using Simu? The emulator? The emulator. Yes, I have. But you see, the thing about that is um, I can't use that while I'm in bed or like while I'm on lunch at work or whatever. I am curious. I have not checked. It just came into my brain, my brain hole. Uh, <laughs> that's what is, we call it. That's what we call it. Is Simu on Linux? I'm pretty sure. Uh, I, I think somebody was talking to me about being able to emulate Breath of the Wild in an emulator at like 4K theoretically. I don't, I don't think the Steam Deck can handle that, but that's what yes, I was I, wondering. I know where this is going. Yeah, yeah. So when you get a Steam Deck sometime in the next 18 months, um, I'm sure I'll enjoy it next year. Are you what? Are you going to be trying that out? Are you going to try to put put Simu on the Steam Deck and play Breath of the Wild at 60 FPS. You know, let's uh let, let's put a pin in that and ask again when it comes out because by then Breath of the Wild 2 might be out and maybe that'll be blowing my mind. That's true. Well, why the Wii U version? Why why would why would you emulate the Wii U version? Well, I don't know how far along the Switch emulator is. That's that's why. Pretty damn oh. well, I think actually. I mean, yeah, yeah, they're they're pretty much trucking along. They're doing pretty good. I mean, the fact that the Switch has, even for the time it released, kind of shitty hardware, really helps the emulation scene. Uh, Yuzu has Breath of the Wild as great compatibility. Oh, good. Oh, good. But I, the only reason, I think the Wii U version, I mean, the Wii U and and the Switch version are essentially the same thing so it doesn't really matter which one you're emulating well yeah especially when you're upscaling it to 4k and the other problem is that simu is only for windows oh okay that's what i was wondering but but yuzu is is on linux uh ryujinx is ryujinx okay i don't know yuzu probably is too interesting uh let me see yes both of them are Ryujinx cool. and Yuzu. Cool. Well, that sounds so like something we're all probably going to try <laughs> when we get our Steam decks at some point in the near future. Mine still says quarter two, 2022. So, uh, Mine too, and I'll, uh, I'll see it when I believe it. You know, you know what I mean. I do. The opposite I do know of what I, mean. I... Uh Anything else that you played? You played some Breath of the Wild. Hell yeah. Um, while I've been sitting in my computer. Y'all know that game... Um, civilization no you heard of that game no well well what what they done to dude and i i didn't actually even realize i had this as a game i bought it as a part of a bundle 
is uh they made that civilization game and they they filled it to the brim with warhammer stuff oh and it's really 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 fun don't but um, they they also just released total war warhammer 3 yes that's um age of sigmar which is like warhammer fantasy i'm doing like uh four x style 40k which is the super duper future one mm. similar but different the good one yeah i mean i total war isn't totally my thing but if if that's your thing it's great yeah yeah how how do you like the the warhammer civilization game it is a lot of fun it has a steep learning curve uh, I it, it took me a while for things to really click, and I think that the tutorial they give you is maybe just a couple clicks on the inadequate side for preparing you as to really what's important. But once I was in the flow of things, it was great. Uh, the, the some advice if anyone happens to pick this game up is like if you're just playing a game and you want to like get a feel for the UI and you set it to very easy, the the difficulty it sets you at is the hardest difficulty possible. It gives you a significant disadvantage to uh, town loyalty and resource garnishment. Wait, and wait, I didn't wait. realize the very easy is the hardest. It puts all of the AIs to the the very easy, and then it's like, oh, that that means you want to compensate by uh, never getting resources and having all of your cities revolt all the time, right? That's what you want, you stupid piece of shit. <laughs> That's and uh, uh, it, it took me a couple of games of being like. Wait, everything's very easy. Why am I getting my ass kicked? To be you like, you think you want to play in super pussy mode, huh? Um, I, <laughs> I did you. play a round in super pussy mode, and it helped me learn like, oh, those blue things give me research. That's important, like like the basic shit. <laughs> Once it, it was nice to be able to learn that without it being like, all right, uh, well these are space marines. They are now going to um, drop pod your city. I hope you're cool with that. I wasn't uh, cool with it. it was I very have, frustrating. I have uh, Civilization Five Beyond Earth. I think is the one, or is it Civilization Six Beyond Earth? One of the two. I think it's just Civ Beyond Earth. Well, it's like yeah, a standalone it's, thing. yeah, it's not really. It's based I, off of Civ Five, but yeah, 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 yeah. It's 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 based off Civ Five, but it's just Civilization Beyond Earth. Ooh, and yeah. and I everyone hated it. Everyone hated yeah. that one. I heard it wasn't very good. The reason I picked it up was because way back when I played Alpha Centauri, which is Hell yeah. civilization in space, and it was really fun. And apparently Beyond Earth was not. Uh, did you play anything else? Because those, uh, like Breath of the Wild and Civilization, those can take up all of your time. E just one of them can take up all of your time for an entire week. Well, fortunately, I was healing a leg injury this week, so that gave me a lot of time to sit stationary with my leg up. Uh, that and painting was like, I, I, I actually feel like I got pretty productive this week, all things considered, because okay. it's a 4X game, and you could totally do something else while playing it. Oh, uh, I, I, and one last thing. Uh, I interrupted you last week for your Warhammer Minute. Uh, oh, fuck yeah, dude. I don't have any songs, so... Uh, uh, Roa, do you have... Do you have any music or or trumpet noises with your mouth you can make? Uh We serve the greater good. The only Sire protects us.
to change the Warhammer in it. Hey, we nailed it. Good, good. Nobody will know. <laughs> so as far as Warhammer is concerned, they just had a really big release in that uh, a Xenos race called the Tau got their book that came out. Now, Tau is the stereotypical, um, they, they get like anime mechs. And they, I think they kind of get made fun of a lot for that. They're sort of the weeaboo space race. Uh, and when they were first made, their whole thing is like, they can't do any melee, but they got some of the best shooting in the game. And they also have these battle suits that if you tag them in melee, they're, you know, they're, they're big-ass battle mechs. They don't give a fuck. They'll shoot you point-blank range. They're in a badass battle suit. Uh, the later editions sort of balanced this out. They, they, they made them play like everyone else, and that all effectively just meant that they didn't have a melee and other armies did. So with this new edition, they've been revamped, and they have just an insane amount of shots. They have missiles that target things without line of sight. They have drones that make it so you think you're killing something, and then the drone takes the shot for them. Very frustrating to deal with. Uh, fortunately, I did win my game, and I only think a lot of that was him and I were still learning how to use his brand new army. I am terrified. These guys in their new book have already won tournaments. Uh, and the, the other people who are winning tournaments lately is the army that I play. So between them and uh, myself, we fortunately are going to be playing some of the most exciting games that this uh, entire format offers. I'm very delighted to announce that. Cool. And that's about a minute. Yeah, well, that's good. I'm ha- uh, it, makes me, it makes me think of Power Armor from, from uh, Fallout. And how I think uh, that's based off the Warhammer. I mean, power armor is everywhere at this point, but right. I, I but... think Warhammer is the one who like made it popular. Yeah, yeah. But like, what I'm what I'm thinking is, like in the in Fallout One, Two, and Three, like power armor is pretty much unstoppable. And then in right. Four, they're just like, nah, it's fine. Yeah, you, you you just you get power armor in like five minutes, and then you just Everybody walk around is. in that. Power armor. Who fucking cares? <laughs> yeah, it's be useless. a shame if somebody shot that glowing point in their back. That's usually their weak spot, you know. Yeah, that giant glowy. Fuck oh me no, button. the the big tank exploded. Oh no, <laughs> that was inconvenient. I don't know why they don't design things in real life like that with just a giant <laughs> weak spot. You mean like the cars in Grand Theft Auto or the yeah, Death exactly. Star in Star Wars? Exactly. <laughs> Uh, we're gonna move on to Aroa. Ask Aroa what games he's played this week. Uh, mostly Dying Light Two. And uh, how is that? It's really good. Um, like at first I was like, man, did I wait like eight years or however fucking long it's been for the same game, but more stuff. Like, did I did I get japed and I spent $60 on an expansion pack? It It's not. It's not that. Uh, it's so much more than what the first game was. And while the story beats aren't exactly like anything revolutionary, uh, there's there's definitely more to the narrative than I ever would have thought. Uh, I I obviously haven't finished it uh, because the game is really fucking long. Um, but there's an impressive amount of 
replayability uh going like it, it not quite i don't think to the same degree of like a mass effect in that like there aren't as many decisions as in a mass effect uh but it's more along the lines of like a telltale game in terms of like you don't have as many important decisions but the ones that you do make do tend to change your experience at least enough to make it worth going back to Connor, uh, remember that like <laughs> it, it, and and it's cool because it's not as like forecasted uh as as with the telltale games that i've seen uh it doesn't like it, it does outright tell you like hey this is going to be important but it, I don't know, like, I haven't been able to tell, like, what was going to happen as a result of my actions until the result happened, and I was like, oh, okay. Uh, like, I had to kill people that I didn't want to kill them, and, like, I specifically made a decision trying to avoid having to kill them, and it ended up backfiring on me. And that like never happens in games like this. So you uh, you you did kill them, or you did not kill them? I, I did. Had to. I had okay. to. I oh, had okay. to because I I ended up in a situation that I realized afterwards that like I should have I should have realized that that was a possibility, but I just didn't think about it. I I was in the moment. Which is just a really cool feeling of being like, oh well, I I gotta I gotta help these people. I got to, so, so I go to help them, and then the situation I end up in means that I actually end up having to defend myself against them because uh, there's a misunderstanding and they think that I'm actually against them. Uh, yeah, like, and. Like there, there are other moments where it's like, oh, well, I saw that coming ten miles away, but uh, like those are those are pretty few and far between, at least so far. And there are characters that I actually like, unlike in the first game, where like I could have just killed every single person that I met and I wouldn't have given a second thought. Uh, there, there are characters in Dying Light too that are actually like funny or cool, uh, mostly funny. The writing is really weird. Uh, it, it it very much does the same thing as the first game, where like everything is is mostly serious until suddenly there's something that isn't serious at all, and it's the, this wacky tonal shift. Uh, but yeah, overall, really great experience so far. Good. Did you play anything else? Um, I mean, not really. Like. I tried, uh, I played Project Wingman in VR, which is basically just, uh... Is that the VTOL one? No, it's, um, it's Ace Combat. It's literally an Ace right. Combat game. Oh, okay. Um, it's like a bunch of Ace Combat fans got tired of Namco not making Ace Combat games, and so they just made their own, and, like, everything about it is just, it's an Ace Combat game. Uh, but it feels fantastic in VR. How's the motion uh, sickness? Yeah. I didn't experience anything. Oh, that's a good sign. I also have a lot of tolerance to that, I've found. So, like, I happen to love the Ace Combat series. I just think, like, 
I, I don't know. Whatever that uh, that one where you're the Troy, you're Elite Dangerous. That one yeah. kind of did it for me, and I, I I think that was less the the speed of which I was going and more the performance of the game. This was early release or whatever. Is it a is it a solid experience? Yeah, I I didn't have any any performance issues. Uh, like it, it probably because there's a lot less going on uh, visually than there is in in uh, Elite Dangerous. But yeah, like it, it was pretty much solid frame rate and never never had anything where i was like oh. uh so and i i did experience that in elite dangerous myself yeah where like you're looking around and the suddenly you're the, behind your cockpit yeah <laughs> well, and, and like there there's that steam vr thing that i think it does whenever like your computer can't quite render enough frames quickly enough. And so it like stretches the previous frame out to like make up for it. And it just, uh, it just looks awful. Uh, I never really had that in project wingman. So and, and with, with project wingman, you can, I, it's because it's VR, uh, you are facing other, other pilots and shooting them down. Yeah. I, one of the things when I played elite dangerous in VR, one of the things I loved was, when I was doing, uh, you know, ba- uh, dog fights, I would like look up and see the guy pass right by me. Oh and yeah, that felt amazing. How does that yeah. feel in that game? No, it's it. Yeah, it's exactly that. It's fu- it's just fucking fantastic. Uh, way back when the PSVR first came out, there was an Eve Online spinoff demo thing uh, where you did dog fighting in VR, and it it gave me very much that same feeling that that demo did. Uh, where like it really felt like playing in VR gave an entirely different experience because I could look around in my cockpit and like look up and see who I was trying to bank around to to hit and shit like that. Like it it feels amazing in that way, and like the there are elements of the HUD that are. Uh, projected on the glass in front of you but other elements that are like in your goggles or whatever and like that's really cool to like turn your head and see a little reticle that's like following with your vision and shit while you're flying around like it, it's it is a really cool experience and and like not half-baked at all like it, it it's really cool that it it's an experience that's both in vr and not vr and it feels really good both ways well that's good i'm happy you- to hear it do you, can you do full VR, like except for menus and shit like that, obviously? Yeah, you can even do menus. Uh, if you play in VR, like you still have to have a controller. But uh, whenever you're in the menus, it puts a dot on the screen and you control it with your vision. And you just press the button like you're selecting. So you don't uh, even have to get taken out in in those situations. That's uh, cool. it's a, it, it can be awkward. Um it's definitely the the menuing is definitely the worst part of the experience, but otherwise it's it's great. Maybe, yeah. maybe what I do here is I, uh, I I put this on my wish list, and maybe someday it will introduce like Steam support controller. Uh, Steam, the uh, no, that's not Steam controller. The uh, the index, the Valve index. Maybe it'll support those controllers someday, and this will be the sort of uh, cockpit fighter VR experience I'm looking for. Um, I mean, you 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 can play with with the vr controllers i will say like you can but it's just like the you don't have hands or anything mm-hmm. you'd just be holding the controllers uh 
I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I know what matters. he. I don't think it really matters that much. Um, just because of the type of game it is. Yeah. I I may wait. I I still have my Vive, and I'm debating on upgrading at some point to a new VR system, or just going to the VR optician or whatever it's called. Um. I think I shared a link with you. It would cost about 150 to $200, but you can replace the lenses. Yeah. Uh with prescription lenses that can like fit your your prescription and my eyesight is so bad it would cost a lot of money to replace, but it might be worth it. Uh to do that because then I wouldn't have to wear my glasses while playing VR. Nobody else could play VR on my headset. That's all right. That's your toy. Uh, yeah. Also, well, I like the idea that your headset is like forty pounds. Someone picks it up, it's like, "What the hell, Nathan?" Yeah, it's got a lot of glass in it. Yeah, <laughs> the lenses are sticking out the back of the headset. <laughs> it's not that bad. Like they, the technology is better. Okay. Uh, but yeah, my my eyesight is pretty bad, so uh, putting those in would definitely improve my gaming situation. And I can't wear contacts or. Last time I tried, I couldn't wear contacts uh, comfortably, so it it would. Because your eyeballs would fall out from the Uh, weight. Yeah, basically, yeah. uh, I couldn't close my eyes. That was a problem. Uh, Yeah. yeah. Okay. Because they stuck out too far. Someone to explain to me. I uh, I can't see far away, uh, which you know you you think wouldn't be an issue with VR when the screen is inches away from your eyeballs, but when I wear contacts, I feel like I could just see things better. I wonder how much of that is psychosomatic. It's not really far away. It's right in front of me. You know, I, I have the same problem, actually, because uh, I'm supposed to wear glasses most mm. of the time. And, like, yeah, I, I, I can't see very small text from, from a distance uh, without it's, my glasses. Uh, and honestly, in VR, everything's just blurry all the time. Honestly, uh, both of you probably have astigmatism, is what I would think. Probably. I don't um, know, maybe. I have really bad astigmatism, so I am technically farsighted, uh, but I can't I can't see shit uh, with 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 or uh, you know with it being close or far. I just can't see anything, uh, and I think that it's probably uh, mainly due to my my massive amount of astigmatism in my eyes. And so you probably have astigmatism as well, which just affects all of your vision. Anyway, we're gonna move on. Uh, unless you have another game you want to talk about, we're going to move on. Uh, not yet. I'm going to try Risk of Rain 2 in VR soon, though. Oh, cool. Uh, so that'll be fun. There's a, there's a mod for that, and it's very well done. Nice. We're going to move on to me. We're going to talk about, uh, on Monday, I played Windjammers 2, which is included with uh, Game Pass. And that game is fun. It's Windjammers. If you ever played Windjammers, it's a Neo Geo arcade game. Uh, Windjammers 2 recently released. I played it. Uh, It was fun. I played online. And I did really well online at first. And then I started getting uh, paired with people that were just dominating me. And I was like, this is weird because, like, I swear, I caught that frit. Like, I was in the place to catch the frisbee. And then I looked up and I had like two to three hundred milliseconds of ping. So they must have been hosting. And uh, you're playing with Chinese people. Yeah. And so I looked 
and and like one of the guys I was playing against, I had like 200 milliseconds of ping, and he was just glitching around the field. So it was clearly I had uh, a problem there that was that was causing me to lose. Uh, so I'm blaming the ping and not my poor skill at the game. Uh, but it was fun. Uh, I don't think I would buy it, but definitely playing it on Game Pass was was fun. It, uh, what is Windjammers? Is it is it just a frisbee game? It is frisbee tennis. Uh, I know that Earl and I have spoken about it before. Actually, huh. Earl and I have played it together before. Uh, Wait, I, once. Well, like, do you do you catch the frisbee and throw it back? Yes. So is you it... throw. So it's one v one, and you're basically on a, a tennis court, and you're trying to throw the frisbee past the person on the other side, and depending on where it lands, you can get three, five, uh, three or five points, depending on where it lands. Five points, obviously, is, huh. is a smaller area. Um, and then you get, like, it's a Neo Geo arcade game, so you get power-ups and special throws and stuff like that. It's like, kind of like Mario Tennis. Like the, it's like the backwards version of uh, that Tron thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it is, it is a fun game. I, I recommend it if you just want to sit down and mindlessly waste, like, half an hour. Uh, because it's it is a fun game. I like it. It's definitely a, like a quarter muncher. Had you had it been um, been in arcades, which it was. I I remember playing it at, at Portland Retro Gaming Expo on an actual wind jam, uh, windjammers machine, which was really fun. Anyway, uh, Tuesday I played Mass Effect Legendary Edition and I beat the game. I, I did. I am very surprised you beat that. So, like, you keep on telling me that game's not as long as you, I remember it being. But damn, you beat that game fast. 20 hours. Took me 20 hours to beat the game. And I did almost everything. Like, I did almost everything in the game. There were a couple of, like, oh, collect all, all the minerals from all the planets that I was like, fuck that noise. But that would have added, like, an hour if I just went through all the systems and collected all the minerals and stuff i think part of it was uh the load times yeah i was gonna say the longest part of that would be the loading screens <laughs> the load times are are drastically reduced so maybe that cut out about 10 hours of gameplay uh oh but you it know was... that's unfortunately probably more true than we've yet yeah, that's probably actually a total factor <laughs> it probably wow. like it might, it's 10 hours maybe not but I could see. I don't know. It. There's, there's a lot of loading screens in that game. <laughs> Not Sonic 06. There's no way it was that bad. It was pretty know, bad. It was Those, pretty bad. Yeah. It it could take like a minute or two for the elevators to load up areas. And of Wait, course, I'm going to the bottom part of the Citadel. I'll go get a drink and be back in a minute. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, it was a good game. Uh, of course, I did what I set out to do. Uh, the only reason I played the game was so I could kill Ashley. Uh, really happy that that happened. Good start um, to the year. Yeah, yeah, good start to the year. Uh, she's mainly because in the first game, originally... She's an obnoxious racist. She's, she's an racist. obnoxious racist, but I saved her. Because <clears throat> I was like, eh, I never used either of them. I'll just save Ashley, whatever. 
or I didn't even know. I didn't realize that one of them was definitely going to die. So it's just like, okay, I'll get Ashley and then I'll be able to run back and grab Caden. No, one of them dies. And when I saw her in the second game, she's like, screw you. And I was like, what the fuck? I'm definitely <laughs> killing you next time I play through that game. Yeah, it, you know, I, I listened to somebody talk about Mass Effect uh, 2 recently and mentioned that it makes no sense why Ashley hates you in the second game. Because, like, of of anyone, she should be the one that's like, oh, you're working with Cerberus, the, the group that, like, supports humans and, and does nothing but good things for humans because they like humans more than everyone else. And you're yeah. the racist. Yep. Yep, doesn't make sense. But, uh, good game. Again, only took 20 hours. I did not, I honestly didn't think it was going to take that short of amount of time either. But, yeah, it's a, it's a pretty short game. I know uh, Mass Effect 2 is quite a bit longer, and honestly, it's, it's in my opinion, probably the best Mass Effect game. That I, I never uh, finished it. And it has a lot more... Uh, storyline a lot more character like choices that actually matter and you can much get better story you like, can get you can get so. everyone killed <laughs> everyone can die that is an ending. yeah that i remember is an ending. talking about that in school like i, I just kind of got lucky enough that everyone survived the end part i i don't know how old is this game now could we talk about the ending of uh, it's like 35 years it's fine yeah 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 because uh, people were like, yeah, you know, my favorite party member died. Legion didn't make it, whatever. Talus didn't. Oh, it was like, what? What are you Tally. talking about? Yeah, I I sent Tally. Talus. I sent Tally to uh, go and fix the, like, hack the systems. Because that's what she's good at. She's good at hacking stuff. Uh, and, they, and if you send her and not Legion, she dies. Uh-huh. And I was like, well, my last save was two hours ago. The <laughs> Legion was so, a boy. I, I knew the right call. Yeah, so I went back and I re I sent Legion and then everyone survived. And uh what's his name? Grunt? Is that the name of the Krogan in that game? Yes. Yes. Um like the humans are like, We need somebody to take us. And I'm like, Grunt, you're a tank, go. And of course, right. apparently, that's the right move to make. So, uh, it good make game. me want to play Mass Effect Two, but then I'd have to play all of Mass Effect One first. It only that's takes twenty take, hours. Like, twenty hours. <laughs> yeah, it's not gonna take that long. Here, I'll just, uh, I'll just send you over my save. No, 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 no. I'm much, a much evil person than you. Much more evil. That's true. Just I use always a, go just paradox. use a save editor. That's tr that's there another you thing you can do. Uh, that is an option. Yeah. Anyway, make, make your head completely flat. <laughs> I uh, I played Temtem on Thursday and Friday, and Temtem's fun. I got to a battle that it's one of those battles you're supposed to lose, but I hate. I always hate battles like that, like where you're they they just throw you in and you have to lose the battle. Um, I did look online. Apparently, you technically don't have to lose the battle. Um, if you're good you, at the game, you don't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you're good at the game, you don't lose. But at that point in the game, most people have about level 50 or 60-ish uh, creatures with you, and they place you against somebody who has, like, level 89 creatures. So you're probably going to lose. 
You can uh, just I... unlock them and slowly sap their health while you always have full health and then you can't hit anything? Unfortunately, yeah. no. Why don't you I play can... it like Shin Megami Tensei? Yeah, exactly. No, uh, I lost, but I did look online and somebody's like, hey, look, I used this casual this casual Tim Tim team and I beat this guy in uh, the first try. And the casual team had six shinies. <laughs> just, just picked them up. Just casual, just the casual team that I was able to beat him with. Screw you, buddy. So, uh, it was fun. It's fun. It's Pokemon. What am I? What am I supposed to say? It's Pokemon, and it's not Arceus, which everyone is playing. Have you you played in Arceus? Did you stop doing that, Aroa? Yeah. Okay. I I got, I, got distracted. Yeah. There's like yeah. a lot of other things to play that are more interesting. Like Shin Megami Tensei. Yeah. Yeah, in VR. Uh, yeah. Which, which on the Switch is you just duct tape it to your face. <laughs> no, no, no. It's made out of cardboard. Oh, right. I'm sorry. The, the Labo. You duct tape the Labo to your face. Can't believe that was a real thing. It it was. I I liked John Carpenter. Um, Tried the keyboard. Is it John Carpenter? And he was trying to recreate the Halloween theme on it. And his review was, it's fucking shit. <laughs> yeah. Uh... Yeah. Anyway, we're going to move on. We're going to talk about some stories. Uh, our first story is we have not actually spoken about this on this podcast. But Gamers Nexus uh, brought to light some really shitty policies that Newegg had. Yeah, and... buddy. And if you're interested, go watch Gamers Nexus. No link below. If you're listening to this, you know who they are. Uh, but basically, they they bought a motherboard. By the time the motherboard had gotten there, it was open box. Uh, they were like, "No, we're gonna we're gonna send it back." And they didn't even open it. So it was an open box item that got sent to them. They were like, "Oh, we don't need it now." Sent it back, and they refused to process the refund. Went back and forth. Lots of stuff happened. Um, but Gamers Nexus exposed that basically uh, Newegg had gotten the product back previously. It had damaged CPU pins. They sent an RMA to the manufacturer of the motherboard. The manufacturer of the motherboard said, okay, it'll be $100 for us to fix this socket. Newegg didn't pay it, but then resold the motherboard. So they, they sold it knowing that it had bent pins. That's pretty shitty. Yeah. And then they tried to say that it was Gamer's Nexus's fault because he was just acting as a normal customer. Um, so Newegg has since said that they're broadening their open box return policy because they don't want to lose all of their business forever. Um. And it says uh, earlier this week, we reported that Newegg, this is from uh, Tom's Hardware, uh, Newegg agreeing to changes in customer uh, return policies concerning open box odd, uh, items. In brief, the policy changes weren't wide ranging enough for any degree of satisfaction as Newegg only said it would change its practices for open box motherboard and CPU returns. Today, uh, after continued cons uh, consumer and YouTuber pressure, Newegg buckled further further and has agreed to make all open box returns hassle-free. 
so while we can't say that it was good <laughs> that what happened to Gamers Nexus, something good has come out of it, where it appears that Newegg is making it so that if you have an open box item and it's damaged and you return it, then you should get your money back, theoretically, and they won't basically just automatically assume it's the consumer's fault. So that's a good thing. Uh, I want to know, I, I mean, both of you, I'm sure, have opinions on it. Let's start with Aroa. What's your opinions on this? Uh, hey, look, it's a company getting caught doing shitty things and then got put on blast by somebody with a following. Uh, like, I, I'm really happy that it happened. Uh, Me too. And especially it happened to Gamers Nexus because, like, honestly, if there is one YouTube channel that I see as, as like, a beacon in the tech news community, it is Gamers Nexus. Uh, as much as I, much as I appreciate Linus Tech Tips, they're just a very different group. Um, they have their own priorities. Uh, and I, I see Gamers Nexus as like the the better version of them in a lot Linus, of ways. Linus Tech Tips, I do like them, and I think that a lot of the people that work there are very smart, um, and they do a lot of cool stuff. Yeah, but I look at Gamers Nexus as like they are meticulous when they test yeah. products. And yeah, like, and I appreciate that about them. And like, they they give a shit about they they give like more of a shit about being thorough and about being accurate than they do about being entertaining. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's what I like about them. Yeah. And, 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 Linus, and Linus they give a shit about yeah. consumers and, and like how companies act and they, they will just refuse to do business with companies wherever they don't act right. And they will make a big fucking deal about companies being shitty. Uh, I LTT has has done similar things, but nothing to to quite this degree. I don't think. Has Gamers Nexus released their video where they actually visited Newegg? I don't know. I don't think, or at least I haven't seen it. I know that they they released the video that they were originally going to make, uh, whenever they were going out to California, because they were going out there for a different thing, and then they're like, well. Now that this is happening, while we're out there, uh, let's go bitch it at Newegg, uh, which I, is and, just fucking cool. And I like that they basically tweeted them and were like, "Hey, we're going to be in California anyway. We're gonna divert our, we're gonna change our plans for our return flight, so that we go down to California where you're at, and we're going to be at your office at this time. Not <laughs> giving them an old, like, not giving them a chance or option." Just saying, we are going to be making a video whether you answer the door or not. Yeah, they were just like, guess what, motherfuckers? <laughs> we're going to be knocking and you better come. And... Yeah, well, so... Well, when you put it like that, come on in. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so I, I think it would have also been hilarious if they made a video of them getting arrested for trespassing. Either way... <laughs> yeah. Either way, it would have been great. I, I do appreciate Newegg changing their policies as well. Um, not that they're, a, you know, a beacon of, like, they shouldn't have had those shitty policies in the first place. And it was definitely something that at least a, a certain subset knew about. 
I've never had a problem. For money, though. You know the fucking reason that they were doing it is because yeah. they knew they could get away with it. Yeah. They, yep. they know that they're like one of three places online where you can consistently get computer parts. And they're they're just being dicks about the whole thing. And yeah. it's it's really fucked up to see that from New Egg, considering like most people have at least in my circles have considered them to be like the place to get computer parts yeah. and like appreciate the company. But you, you, learning about that has kind of in my mind, like set in stone that like, no, they, they really are just a bunch of fucking dicks that are willing oh. to take advantage of their placement in the market. Yeah. And, and it sucks, but like, okay, where I'm at, uh, the nearest computer shop, that actually sells like a wide range of motherboards and stuff was in Portland. It was fries, but they've closed all of the fries. Um, there is a computer shop in the city I used to live in, uh, but they, if it's one generation old, they don't sell it anymore. So if I, if I go in there and I have like a 10, 900 K and I'm like, my motherboard went bad or something like that. They're like, cool order it online go to amazon so it's it's frustrating because there's not a lot of computer shops near me that that sell a wide range of parts and so i've got to go to to newegg or amazon really that to order parts and i know micro center is a big thing but we don't have one of those in oregon that I know. I've, I've got a I've got a micro center that's like thirty minutes away, but it's still like thirty minutes away. I would I would drive thirty nice minutes. Actually. Yeah. I would totally drive 30. <laughs> oh yeah, no, th- no, believe me, I I there. Whenever I was building a buddy's machine, uh, things kept going wrong, and uh, I made that trip like four times in one day. Uh, like it's definitely a lot more fucking convenient than having to order it off of Amazon or Newegg and then wait two days for it to get there uh assuming nothing goes wrong but yeah it it still definitely sucks that yeah you're right like there there are a handful of micro centers across the country and fries was like the only other company like that and now they're gone mm-hmm. um and that's a there was a local computer drive. place yeah there was yeah. a local computer place uh near me they just closed down recently like well and and the there was a computer shop in the town. Uh, there was, as I said, Redmond, where I used to live. Uh, there was an, another town I used to live in, Prineville, that has a computer shop. But it's like, it does not carry new stuff. It carries like adapters and LAN cables well, yeah, and stuff like that. They're but probably they're probably there to like like you bring in your computer and then they they wipe it and then you get the computer back and it works. Yeah, that's what it, it's a it's a computer re- repair shop mainly. You can yeah. buy some parts from there, but like I remember years ago, one of my motherboards uh died and I took it in there and they like tested it and they're like, "Yeah, motherboard's dead, but we can't test to see if like your CPU is working because we don't have new parts because we don't cater to that those people. We cater to people who are 55 and over." who just want their <laughs> want to go online and watch YouTube. So, we don't carry old like new parts in here, so you have to order it online, have fun. So, 
like, do I want to give all my business to Amazon? No. I I will say that while Amazon is shit and Jeff Bezos is a piece of shit, their return policy is amazing. Yeah. Uh, like That's <laughs> one thing that Amazon is so good at is you're like, I want to return. I, I've told this story. It was years ago. Uh, I had something I ordered on Amazon, uh, and they were for a while using uh, OnTrack for their deliveries. And on track is awful. The fuck and is on track? It's it was like a third party. Like you'd look on Craigslist and it'd be like, "Do you have a white van?" Yeah. Oh, it's like a <laughs> like an independent courier. Okay. Yeah. And so, what would happen is the person would get packages and he would just scan all the packages as being delivered, and then go <laughs> make the deliveries. And so it said delivered. And it wasn't delivered that day. Um, and so the next day I'm waiting and I was like, okay. And I, I checked and it was still not there by like two. And so I, I messaged Amazon and they're like, oh yeah, let's try to, we'll try to contact the carrier. And if it doesn't work, we'll just refund the 40 bucks or whatever. And so they refunded the $40 because they couldn't contact anybody. And then I got the package like an hour and a half later, it just showed up. And I was like, I'm not, I'm not telling anybody about this. I have a free item, is what I have. Uh, so now I have two dildos. So Amazon is, uh, is good at that. And I, I wonder how Newegg would have handled that. Would they have, no. would they have done the same thing, or would they have been like, no, no, you get got it. Ticket closed. Yeah, try, <laughs> try, you're trying to steal stuff. We're gonna sue you. That's what we're gonna. do. <laughs> uh and then I would have been in a court battle. No, I I I really don't want to take all my business to Amazon. So I'm happy that Newegg is switching some of their stuff. My computer that I'm talking to on right now, all the parts were bought at Amazon. Or I'm sorry, at Newegg. <laughs> at Amazon. No, it, they were all bought on on Newegg. So I don't know. We're going to move does on. Does Tiger Direct still exist? It does, I think. Sure I don't does. think it, it. Yeah, there used to be some other ones uh, where you could buy some parts for good deals too. Uh, Rakuten, uh, which died. Remember uh, a year or two ago, they they died, and we spoke about it on the podcast. Uh, they were actually pretty good. That's where I bought my uh, Ryzen uh, seventeen hundred, the first generation. But I bought it for like one hundred and forty bucks. It's great, good deal. Oh yeah, here they are. Yeah. Yeah. There's Tiger Tiger Directs right here. All right. So we're gonna move on. We're gonna we're gonna move on and we're gonna talk about something um that nobody should sign up for. Not a single fucking person uh should sign up for Trump's new social media network, which is going to launch on Monday. This is from Engadget. Uh there are a few reasons you shouldn't sign up for this. First off, I think they were charging five dollars to register a name. Uh, so if you if you wanted to reserve your name before Truth Social, I think it's called Truth Social, um, launched, you would have to pay $5. There were reports it was going to be $5 a month. I don't think that's the case. I think it will be a free thing, but you, you have to pay $5 to reserve your name as a pre-order bonus, I guess. 
for a website. Um, and there were a couple other reasons why you shouldn't do it. Um, if you go on Twitter or or Facebook or uh, uh, MySpace, you can talk shit about Twitter and Facebook and MySpace. Like I can say, I can go on Twitter and make my headline, man, Facebook's a piece of shit. Or I could go on uh, on Twitter and say, Twitter sucks donkey tits. Like, stuff like that. I could do that all day, and technically they couldn't do anything about it because it's in the terms of service that you can make fun of them. Like, you can criticize them. Uh, the terms of service for Truth Social has a line, and I'm paraphrasing, but basically you cannot say anything bad about Donald Trump, nor can you say anything bad about Truth Social. So the 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 site that is supposed to be oh we're so free freedom of speech won't let you actually use that freedom of speech if it well, goes it sure against... does feel pretty communist. Yeah, yeah. You you are allowed free speech as long as it aligns with what we agree. Basically. Sir, the boat is not sinking. The boat is fine. The water is just customary. Yeah. Everything's fine. So uh, it says we're currently set for release on the Apple App Store. Oh, oh, good. So uh, Roa can get it. Uh, we're currently set for release on the Apple App Store for Monday, February 21st, uh, according to uh, Reuters. Uh, incidentally, the 21st marks the President's Day holiday in the United States. Uh, I wonder why they would have picked that. Provided the network doesn't suffer a hiccup like the one it did last when a prankster claimed Donald J. Trump username <laughs> and posted an image of a defective. Uh, I think they meant defecating. Def yeah, it says defecting, but it meant defecating. Uh, gadget. Quality writing. Quality. It'll mark it. Honestly, that was probably an autocorrect. They were typing it on their phone. Um, Somebody couldn't catch that. Come on. No. Come the on. Launch the launch will mark Trump's return to social media. Twitter and Facebook have banned the former president following the January 6th attack on the U.S. Capitol. Um, before a test version of Truth Social was pulled down last fall, the website's code showed it ran mostly unmodified version of open source software Mastodon. In October, the Software Freedom Conservancy uh, accused the Trump Media and Technology Group of violating Mastodon's AGPLv3 license by not sharing the platform's source code. The website added a dedicated section containing a zip archive of its source code two weeks later. Um, so, says it won't uh, stray too far away from the Twitter formula. People can use the network to post truths. <laughs> not tweets. They're truths. And I thought tweets fucking stupid. But I gotta say, this is worse. Um, the platform's equivalent of tweets, and it's possible to reshare posts on one's timeline to expand their reach. The executive who answered questions from beta users said that the company was working on a verification policy that would allow to publish in the coming weeks. He also mentioned that the Trump Media Group was also working on direct messaging feature that would come later. So, um, don't fucking sign up for this i don't care if you're a trump supporter or not this is just dumb <laughs> like we you know it's gonna be like uh any of the other 
like alternative media or social media things like uh i'm thinking gab or what was the other one that was mines it started with a p uh yeah yeah can't remember shit uh but yeah yeah you know what parlor yes that's exactly what it is yes yeah yeah uh it's just gonna be a bunch of right-wing nutjobs just jerking off each other and it's going to be bad. That's one thing about Our echo chambers aren't dangerous, Nathan. Yeah, they're not. Um, like it's just it's it's going to be bad because at least with Facebook <clears throat> and Twitter, while you while you can kind of create those echo chambers, they allow everybody on, and you know that, like, if you disparage Donald Trump or if you disparage Truth Social in general. You can get banned, so they're going, trying to keep those voices muted while making the crazy right wing nut jobs uh to be to be listened to so you know not not everyone on the right wing is a complete nut job i I say that knowing that there are a lot of people on the right wing that are complete nut jobs, but not all of them believe that. Barack Obama was born in Kenya. But those are the people that are going to be signing up for Truth Social. And those are the people who sign up for Parler and sign up for Gab. And they're just going to be in their echo chamber um, listening to the same the same people that think that Barack Obama was in what was born in Kenya or that Donald Trump won the election even though he lost. Uh so don't don't sign up for Truth Social. Don't sign up for Twitter. Don't sign up for social media. It's bad. Don't do it. You know, if I had like a fraction of a business brain cell, one could almost say that this is a very <laughs> obvious money funneling scheme. Yeah. Oh, look, a whole bunch of anonymous names giving us $5 a month on a regular basis that nobody will be able to look into. How convenient. Yeah. But hey, I, I don't know nothing. These are all just baseless accusations. Right. Do you know anything about Titan Reach, though? From one, from one scam to another, uh, either of you. Oh, yes, that, that, that sure is a good segue. Wow. Hold on, you gave me whiplash. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up. I just wanted to move on from talking about Truth Social, okay? I'd like Fair. to point out that my social network came out before Donald Trump's. That's good, and it's probably better. <laughs> if I sign up for your Mastodon instance, can I make fun of you on it? Yeah. Uh, y'all, y'all have to pay $5 to reserve... It. You do have to pay five dollars to reserve your name, though. <laughs> nah. Um, um. So anyway, Titan Reach is or was a a crowdfunded game. I don't know if it was on. Uh, I think it was in Kickstarter. It tried Kickstarter, failed. Uh, but then it went to everybody's favorite. We failed on Kickstarter. Indiegogo, and was able to raise a couple hundred thousand dollars. It was going to be. Uh, an MMORPG that was similar to, yet different from RuneScape. They wanted it to be pretty focused. It had some neat graphics, honestly, and it wasn't terrible looking, but it failed. And uh, they ended up going out of business, closing down. And then somebody got a mysterious investor. Just a random investor came and was like, uh, apparently he was from South Africa, and he was like, I got a bunch of money, and I want to give you a bunch of money. 
And so the creator of Titan Reach, the, the main guy, was like, how can I trust this? doesn't make sense. Uh, and the guy's like, give me uh, an account to wire money to. And the guy's like, okay, here's, here's, here's where you can wire the money to. And the anonymous investor wired a ton of money <laughs> to this guy just, just to show that he had money and he was serious. So they made a deal. Um, then Kira TV did a, a story on it. Uh, have either of you listened or watched Kira TV at all? Uh, he does he does YouTube videos on on MMORPGs, which would explain why neither of you listen to it. Um, so they did an interview where Kira TV uh, confirmed the identity. He didn't. He confirmed for himself the identity of the anonymous investor, but did not reveal that to his audience because the investor wished to remain silent. Um, but basically the idea was, okay, now that Titan reach has this money coming in, uh, we're going to do an interview and we're going to say, Hey, uh, how are we going to use this? Are we going to hire more people, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. The, the main developer said, you know, it was really tempting for me just to, you know, I, I had enough money that I could have, that he, um, that he initially sent me that I could have lived for a few years and bought a Tesla and been fine. And it turns out that m amount of money was about $300,000. That was the initial amount just to prove that he had the money was $300,000. Um, and yeah, turns out the guy did just buy a Tesla <laughs> <laughs> and basically squandered the money. Um, <laughs> so we, we had to be responsible for that oh no yeah so the idea was they were going to go from 11 developers up to 24 25 from this and they actually uh confirmed who who the person was uh so this is from massively it says uh last week the lead developer of titan reach abruptly announced that the game was dead talked at length about NFT implementation, deleted the Discord, hid social media and Reddit, and even switched his own Twitter handle to a different studio and Kickstarter game. Over the weekend, <laughs> over the weekend backers and fans uh, who had sunk significant sums of money into the game began, began telling more and more of the tale, with screenshots uh, suggesting that Unravel had mismanaged the investor money, putting it into crypto, and even buying himself a Tesla. Dumbass. Now, uh, Kira TV has a video to expose Unravel for far worse. Kira TV readers will recall uh, was one of the YouTubers who originally promoted the game, and he was the YouTuber who claimed to have verified that the investor existed and had dispensed the money. Kira's new video, if accurate, confirms some of the accusations and adds more details that we didn't already know. Uh, it says that... Uh, Kira says that the Discord was removed because backers were organizing to report Unravel for fraud. Um, Unravel was apparently considering crypto implementation all the way back in November with a plan to refund the original backers' money. Kira knew about this plan but did not disclose it. Uh, Kira outs the investor as a South African software and crypto dev Andre Kronje uh and says that he is blameless in the whole ordeal he does apparently exist 
which is something quite a few folks uh, did not believe. Because th that sounds like a far-fetched story. Like, hey, my it game's dead. sounds and like then, nonsense. Yeah, but apparently this guy just made like made a ton of money and wanted to support an MMO developer, which was really cool, the guy, but uh not this one apparently. Um Kira says that on February 9th, Unravel admitted to him that he had gambled $150,000 on crypto and lost most of it. Um that would have been apparently half of one chunk from his regular money drops. So it sounds like the company was pulling in $300,000 a month. Um, from the investor. When Unravel told uh, Cronje what happened, Cronje cut the funding. This was allegedly not the first time he had demonstrated uh, that Unravel, the developer, had demonstrated greed or untrustworthiness. <sighs> Why would you take that much money and just, like, you're getting that money every month to make a game. Why would you take that money and be like, I'm going to buy Bitcoin? Oh. Dumbass. See, that, that's um, the smart money. You got to make your money, make your money for you, and it's gone. Um, according to Kira, Unravel the developer, knowing Kira would contact Ranjay for answers, then proposed to Kira that Kira remain silent about all of it in exchange for a job or crypto windfall. <laughs> so he tried to bribe the YouTuber. And wait, Kira wait. Don't ruin my life. Don't ruin my life. Here, uh, uh, you can you can work for me. You can work for me, the guy that you're going to fucking ruin the life of. Uh, yeah, this, this sounds like a problem. What if I uh, what if I just threw money at this problem? Would not not money. Away? He's not throwing money. He's throwing crypto. Fake Sorry. money. What if I threw fake money at you? What <laughs> yeah. if I threw some internet fun bucks at you? Would that make this all go away? Now, to be fair, Kira, um, being like just a YouTuber who has a uh, from what he says has a lot of medical issues isn't in the best financial situation himself. Uh, I, th I believe he's still living at home with his parents. Um, and, and the fact that he turned down that offer is, is a good sign for him. But then again, I would turn it down if somebody was like, you want some crypto? How about I give you some doge? Like, <laughs> no. Maybe a hundred thousand dollars. hundred billion, eight hundred billion doge right here. Right yeah. here. Come on. <laughs> uh, according to Kira Kronje, uh Kronje, I don't know how to say his name, wanted to uh, let the developer close the game, pay off employees, and clear up the tax debt. So he he gave him more. From what I understand, the investor gave more money to the developer so that he could pay off his tax debts and pay the developers or like the employees. Um. Kira surmised was uh, Cronje's decision to make, which it was his money, which it turns out to be, again, it's part of the story, willingly paying off the tax debts of somebody who misappropriated your investment is baffling. So let's say I give a row of money, and then he spends it all on blackjack and hookers. As he is wont to do. <clears throat> yeah, as he's wont to. And then he's like, hey, man. Uh, so you know that thousand dollars you gave me? Uh, apparently I spent it all on blackjack and hookers, and that wasn't a good idea. Um, and I'd be like, yeah, that's that's bad. And then you're like, can I have another thousand dollars? I'm kind of in the hole right now. <laughs> and I'd be like, no, of course not. Um, 
Kira claims that he interviewed three employees that the developer had misappropriated funds before the incident from which the investor cut him off. Apparently, he had indeed bought a Tesla. And that, like crypto investment, were things uh, Karanjay explicitly told him not to do. <laughs> this guy... Thanks for the money. I'm going to go ahead and do it anyways. Yeah, Kira also I... holds the studio's other employees... Explicitly told him, don't buy a Tesla with this, okay? Okay, I won't buy a Tesla. And I won't gamble it. I bought a Tesla. I'm sorry. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> Another Square Root employee, I guess that was the name of the, the studio, Square Root Studios, was apparently fired from the studio for impersonating Unravel to scram Cron uh, scam Cronjay out of $250,000 in crypto. Apparently, when he got caught, he gave back $200,000 to avoid being pr prosecuted. The, the investor let him keep $50,000 because of a sob story about medical bills. <laughs> that Solid. guy is I have to say this investor way too fucking nice like I'm assuming that he's just like he's just rolling in infinite money at this point and he has no idea what to do with it if but he's at, at least to, he's doing cool shit with it if he's listening to this podcast uh <laughs> please hey, contact I have, like, me 20? I, just, I just need 20 grand bro just 20 grand if you give me $100,000. I will pay off all of my debt. Yeah, and... I actually think 20000 I could probably round up the rest and, like, actually fix my shit. 20 yeah, grand? Just a 20 grand would pay off my car. Loan of 20 grand. <laughs> 20 grand would pay off my car, and, yeah. and then I'd have enough to, to go. I could, I could get another house, you know? Hey. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, uh... At this point, Unravel exposed the investor's name, which he knew would lead to more people contacting him. So Kira felt he had to go public against Karanjay's, the investor's original wishes, as Kira didn't want to be caught up in the scandal. Because Kira did do a, kind of a, a positive video when this originally happened, because it was like, hey, this game I was following is coming back. Uh, the investor is real. And at the time, Kira TV wouldn't know what the guy was going to do with the money. He wouldn't know that the guy was apparently very bad with oh, money. Or a Tesla. Yeah. Um, it says, Kira was able to publish a video about the scandal in which he was a key player, and he ends by appealing to people's sense of forgiveness for Unravel. Ah, fuck Unravel. Like, I, I don't hold Kira TV for blame for any of this except for bringing everything to light uh, that it had happened. It had happened that Titan Reach was back, and also the fact that uh, you know this bad stuff had also happened. Um, so don't ever give Unravel money. Never. This guy is terrible with money. Um, and neither of you had heard this story. What are your thoughts about it? I think uh, I just got a great idea for a way to buy a Tesla. <laughs> <laughs> I'm yeah, apparently, if I just make a convincing enough like visual tech demo, some what, South American, what was he? Yeah, some yeah. dude will just give me a couple hundred thousand dollars every South, month. South Africa, South Africa, my bad. I mean, yeah. I, I played around with Unreal Engine 3 back in the day. I'm, I'm sure it's not much different. 
Yeah, you could probably make it happen. Can, uh, can I just make one of those like Nintendo hire this man sort of videos and just like drop Mario into a into a tech demo space and be like, this is the future of my video game. Yeah. Uh to to be fair, it didn't look bad. Like for a tech demo, it didn't look bad, but um yeah, like it, it didn't look he great. He probably paid paid some dude like ten thousand dollars or whatever to make the tech demo for him. And yeah. He's like, I it. got I got an NFT for you right here. <laughs> um but yeah, don't I feel bad for the investor because apparently uh when the first video came out that Kira was talking about and Kira had spoken to the investor, the investor had told him he did this before and uh did a similar strategy where he talked to the guy. The guy's like, I don't believe that you're you actually have that money and you want to support this project. And the investor's like, No, here, I'll send you some money. Here's a couple hundred thousand dollars to just prove that I'm interested, prove that I'm a real person. And the developer was like, Sweet. And that was it. Just like ended communication and just took the money. Uh and apparently this happened again. So while yeah, it's cool that this this uh, guy from South Africa is doing uh, these, you know, or trying to do these nice things for people. It seems to have bit him in the ass twice. And so I don't foresee him investing in anything like this ever again, which is really sad because there are things that like some projects, you know, maybe they just need a couple hundred thousand dollars and they could actually release, but that's not going to happen because he's been burnt twice. You know what happened is this guy saw like the success of the Roblox and the success of the Fortnites. Yeah, and he's like, I, I got to get on the gravy train. Let's let's see what games are up and coming. And really, all it takes is one confidence man to be like, Oh yeah, we got it. Look at this, so shiny, perfect yeah. performance. And they're like, Yes, I will give you a hundred thousand dollars. Yeah. Huh? Where'd you go? Hello? Yeah. Yeah. I would I would talk to the guy if he gave us a hundred thousand dollars, I would talk to him daily. I would be his best friend. I would tuck that motherfucker into bed if he gave me a hundred thousand dollars. <laughs> You're like, you I gotta fly down to South Africa? All right, I'll be there. You're like you're like, I will bathe you, I don't care. Um, <laughs> yes, that that as well. Um so anyway, we're going to move on. We're going to talk about the next story. Uh, Intel Arc GPUs or uh, Alchemist GPUs. Um, apparently, they have been delayed, unfortunately. Intel has uh, shed more light on the roadmap for the Arc gaming GPUs, including more clarity about when consumers can expect to get their hands on them. As previously announced, the GPUs will uh, debut in laptops from Intel's OEM partners. This quarter, presumably along 12th gen Alder Lake CPUs. Uh, probably the laptop variants, because obviously the Alder Lake CPUs are already out. However, desktop gamers will need to wait a little longer before they can plug Arc GPUs under the rigs. Intel says that those graphics cards will ship in quarter two, uh, presumably alongside our Steam decks that we're getting. Um, I will believe it when I see it. Yeah. It previously said that they would arrive in quarter one 
Uh, as for add-in GPUs for workstations, those will be available in quarter three. Um, the first gen one GPUs will have support for hardware-based ray tracing, mesh shading, variable refresh rate, or I'm sorry, variable rate shading, and DirectX 12 Ultimate. Gamers can expect to harness Intel's AI-driven super sampling tech too. I wonder if they're going to have Vulkan. It doesn't say. They, they, they would have to. They yeah. absolutely will. Yeah, it's too like, new Vulcan's, to be abandoned. Vulcan is like it. It is the OpenGL that, yeah, that is now. Like, it's, there's you can't just you can't not have that. Yeah, Intel says that its accelerated computing systems and graphics group expects to ship more than four million discrete GPUs this year. Elsewhere, the company has started ar uh, architecture work on the third generation of Arc GPUs, which are codenamed Celestial. Those will be geared towards the ultra enthusiast segment. The second gen GPUs, codenamed Battle Mage, are also in development. Um, so it looks like they are going to be releasing a little bit later. And um, I know that uh, you're still rocking a 1080, right, Aroa? Yes. And or is it a TI or is it just normal? No, 1080? just just a plain old 1080. And Connor has a 1070. Why do I remember my friend's computer components? I don't know. Um, but that being said, like, are either of you looking to upgrade? I'm sure that, like, both of those graphics cards are, what, five or six years old now? It's I mean, not really showing its age yet. Well, it, yeah. It, it, they, it, mine, it, I don't know. It is in some ways, like, but to be totally honest, like no i don't really need to upgrade it, it it isn't as bad as like whenever i was i was still running like a like a 560 ti back yeah. whenever i got my 780 but like it, it, like I, yeah i have to turn things down to like high sometimes you know yeah like i can't and, play and cyberpunk on extreme oh no yeah like oh no i don't have ray tracing and Oh no, like some sometimes I have to turn a particularly intense game down to like medium in a couple of places. But otherwise, no, it's it's pretty well playable in most yeah. circumstances. Um it's but if these released at decent prices, what do you think what do you consider picking one up? <sighs> I mean, I assume read the reviews. Yeah, like that's the that's the thing is I'm I'm not super skeptical of whether or not they're going to be performant because Intel's integrated GPUs have shown that like they know what they're doing in terms of, of that kind of, um, well, you know, like, like they, they've, they have matured their technology to the point that like, I trust they're not going to have wacky driver issues mm. and like and and stuff like that it's it's not going to be as if a brand new company came out on the scene uh i'm curious though how how it's going to work with certain technologies in games that have been around for a while and, and games that haven't really had to run on intel graphics like most games that come out that have any kind of real graphical fidelity will just have in their troubleshooting thing like are you running on intel stop it don't 
Intel well, GPUs just don't support some things. Like, and, and another thing I am curious about, which we still haven't had answered in any of the posts that I've seen. Now, I haven't specifically looked this up, but will it have QuickSync built in? Because we asked that before, and yeah, that would be they, not, that would be nice to have. It. Yeah, it would be crazy for them to not, just because like they have to compete with Nvidia, and Nvidia has their little dedicated H two six five now uh, video encoder. Yeah, the, like the NVENC or whatever. Yeah, like like Nvidia has NVENC, like, uh, and AMD has their solution that no one uses. And like it'd be it'd be stupid for Intel to not include a little secondary processor for for doing that kind of shit. Yeah. And it would give them like a legitimate selling point or at least a, another bullet point to compete with NVIDIA on. Because let's face it, they're really trying to compete with NVIDIA because no one's trying to compete with AMD on the on the graphics yeah. area. That would that's just punching down. As point. long as as long as they can match, uh, which I've I've looked at some pre-release numbers, and it appears they're going to be slightly less good uh, than the thirty seventy. Not as good as as the graphics card I have, but uh, still pretty good. And if they can keep those prices down, if they can get them so that scalpers aren't, um, you know, buying them all up, which. It looks to be that the GPU market's getting a little bit better because uh, crypto's dying. Um, like, crypto is going down pretty heavily right now. I heard that there's a guy who just wasted $150,000 on crypto. So, <laughs> Well, and also, uh, newer cryptocurrencies are, like, trying to specifically avoid being able to be mined on consumer GPU hardware. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um. So, hopefully, uh, we get we get it so that they they are a decent price and they still haven't announced pricing. So we'll keep updated on the Intel Arc GPUs. Five hundred ninety nine US dollars. Uh, then don't then don't do it if if that's the case. Actually, sadly, that is the price of the thirty seventy. But if you want to <laughs> sell them, well, that's. No, no, no. the the thirty seventy the original list price I believe was five was four ninety nine, is what it should yeah. have cost. That was the MSRP. Um, Good luck. Yeah, uh, I got mine for like six hundred and twenty dollars, uh, which is a like yeah, it's a steal. it's yeah, it's more money than than MSRP, but it's fucking great. It was a good good buy. It was about. Because they're going for about $1,000 on eBay still to this day. Anyway, uh, so if they can release it at MSRP, they're probably going to want to make their MSRP so that they lose money, honestly, for like 500 bucks. And if they sold it for $500 or $499 um, and they were able to keep at or around that MSRP, then they would probably sell a lot. And once you get something like that into somebody's hand uh it's a lot easier for them to buy the next one that comes out yeah at a slightly higher price so like nvidia i've only used nvidia graphics cards because i know nvidia makes good graphics cards um and specifically i use evga graphics cards 
because uh, I know that EVGA is a very reputable brand. Um, and so if P if they're able to get their Intel, uh, uh, yeah, Intel graphics cards out, and people are like, people pick it up for a cheap or relatively cheap, and they're like, hey, I like this. Then they're more likely to their next card be an Intel card. Hopefully that works. We'll see what happens. But we're also going to move on to our last story. This is one that I believe Connor brought up. Yeah. Um, he's very excited about this, by the way. Apparently, this is an awful uh, website, by the way. Yeah, uh, this yeah. is clickbait garbage. Uh, well, okay, we so it's in, go ahead it's, and... it's in Gadget, but it's like the format of this particular page is awful. No, the, the article is actually quite trash. It's, it's clickbait oh, okay. garbage. I uh, have no JavaScript enabled, so it looks fine to me. Oh, okay. Um, I'm going to sift through this garbage and let you all know the important parts of what's going on. The headline reads that Blizzard confirms, quote, Warcraft is coming to mobile this year. Uh, they had a press release for their fourth quarter of 2021 with their financial results. Blizzard Activision has revealed that they have plans to release Warcraft for mobile sometime this year. Um... I'm going to tell you now that's not exactly what they said, and I think there's a little bit of a, a, a jump to conclusions there. Okay. Uh, company CEO Bobby Kotick, Kotick told investors about Kotick. a year ago that the developer made, quote, multiple mobile free-to-play Warcraft experiences that were already in advanced development back then. Blizzard has yet to reveal more detailed information, and uh, we don't have any information such as a concrete timeline, so it's unclear if this release plan include all of those new experiences or just a few. The only part uh, that the company's earnings results did mention on the franchise mobile reads that Blizzard is planning to release new substantial content for the Warcraft timeline in 2022, including new experiences in World of Warcraft and Hearthstone, all getting uh, and getting all new mobile Warcraft content into players' hands. Some people are speculating that this might be either a Warcraft client for a mobile. Uh, other people are saying that this might be something similar to a Pokemon Go, like a AR experience tailored to World of Warcraft kind of world. I think they should release World World of Warcraft on phones. You know, that's yeah. when I first shared this article. The there's there's a third part of that Hydra, which is Blizzard, Activision, and what is it, Kingpin or whatever. Yeah, uh, that, that that King, whatever it is, the the mobile yeah. makers. Yeah, it's Kingpin, King the Spider Man villain. I'm sorry. Oh, no. The Daredevil they, villain. They they make like every mobile game ever. But um, I I was kind of imagining that it was the no brainer move to go forward and make World of Warcraft a mobile game because, correct me if I'm wrong, Andy, but I I think it's dying. Is it dying? Wow. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. Is that the right word? Oh <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so, it's, I, mean, I would it's not bad. be surprised if they threw out the lifeboat and said, "Hey, you could play it on your iPhone now." So, I, I hate that. Okay, now I'm gonna stop you right there. So let me tell you why that doesn't make any fucking sense. I can I can tell you that pretty easily. Uh, if I go into my games drive, uh. And I go to I go to battle.net and I right click on my World of Warcraft folder and hit mm. properties. Uh-huh. And then it counts up the size of the game at being about 85 gigs. Oh, perfect. 
Yeah, I'm sure they would have some sort of stream solution, and I'm sure it would be just total hot garbage. Oh yeah, that's uh, like I that would be the only way that they could even make it work on phones would be to do some kind of like you stream the game to your phone. World of Warcraft maybe, cloud version. Maybe they do it through X Cloud. Oh, uh, but also you have to figure out how to make a UI that is built around using like 80% of your keyboard. It, you have to take that and put it into a, into a phone. That's about the size of yeah, uh, like 20 keys. Here's, here's uh, what we'll do. We'll just have it. So you could zoom out and you're, you're a little teeny tiny wireframe avatar. And uh, <laughs> all of the buttons that you use when you're in raids and stuff like that, you know, like one through zero, the dashes, all the side buttons like that. You, you get like four now. Those are your four main spells. We're going to super simplify the game, streamline everything. Oh, no, I, yeah, yeah, okay. I know what they do. They uh, they do it like whenever fighting games added the, the simple mode where you can just press square over and over again and do like a 25-hit combo. Nice. They, they'll, they'll just do that. You just push a button that says start rotation, and then you do your rotation. Does anyone Apply remember? Am I, I might be the only one that remembers. Years ago, and they canceled it since then. Um, Square Enix was like, "Hey, we have somebody. We we joined forces with NCSoft, and they're going to be making Final Fantasy XI for the phone." <laughs> and that never happened because they could not figure out a way to do it. Because Final Fantasy XI, <laughs> uh, yeah, it requires a lot of keyboard presses and stuff. Um, and, and to be fair, they had Final Fantasy XI on uh, PlayStation 2 and Xbox 360. Uh, but I don't, I don't think it would translate well to phones, and I do not think World of Warcraft would, would translate well to phones. Now, they did say something about like Hearthstone, um, yeah, including that, the experience that... in World of Warcraft and Hearthstone. Yeah. Um, that's the thing that I think, because I I uh, I remember I saw other articles about this that just straight up said World of Warcraft coming to coming to phones, yeah, like it was some clickbait right. bullshit. Yeah. And and no, re realistically, what this what this is actually saying is that some kind of thing in the Warcraft universe is coming to phones. Yeah, and really, that's kind of expected. Because as somebody who's played World of Warcraft for the past several years, um, there is a mobile app already. There's a companion app. Uh, and in that companion app, you can do your uh, mission table bullshit. Uh, and I you imagine... Like inventory yet too, I think. I think I remember having that, actually. Well, you used to be able to. And... Uh... Uh, they stripped out a ton of the features uh, from the mobile app whenever Battle for Azeroth came out. And I don't understand why, because you used to be able to like visit the auction house and shit even from the mobile app. Mm -hmm. uh, but I, I see them either either expanding on what the companion app allows you to do and or creating a separate app that builds on the mission table shit that they've been doing something like that or it'll just be some other fucking experience that's warcraft themed but i i think that they'd be foolish not to try to tie it more into wow because 
like wow is still a cash cow for them at the end of the day and i i really think that especially with how like every like everyone still wants to play live service games and they still want mmos getting people to kind of walk back towards wow I, I think is the smartest move rather than get them distracted with some other unrelated yeah. thing that's on phones. Um, I, I would say they just play, uh, just play EverQuest. They just released a new 60, they, they got rid of their 32 bit version of EverQuest and popped up all 64 bit servers. Oh, uh, so, EverQuest. Uh, yeah, was I'm EverQuest joking. next uh, canned? Was that yeah? Was that, was yeah, they so they that? had they had uh fuck, they had something that they released that was supposed to be like, oh, this is just like a tech demo of what it can of, of what it can be of what you can like the traversal system and and stuff will be in the game, um, and they had a building system in that. Yeah, because I remember and, you could like you could like stake land and shit. Yeah. And then they were just like, yeah, we couldn't do it. Well, we can make it fun. And then I think, like, they canned it. And then Sony was like, Sony sold SOE to Day... Then they turned into Daybreak. And then recently, in the last couple of years, or like the end of last year? We spoke about it before. uh, Daybreak Games was bought by, like, a holding company. And then they announced that they're working on a Marvel MMO. You know, it. it sucked for them too, because I bet if they would have just stuck with it, it would have picked up whenever like the the Conan Exiles and Fallout seventy six and uh fucking that Viking one that we played was it Valheim? Valheim. It, like like how all of the survival building games like started picking up Steam really hard. Like yeah. I bet if if they would have hung around long enough for that to start happening, they they probably would have made it through. Because they could have just pivoted it into that. Ah, well, I don't. And then they could have done EverQuest Battle Royale. No. No. Although I I I've always wanted to try EverQuest, but you know it's it's twenty five years too late. Twenty twenty two years yeah. too late for that. At so, that point, why don't you just play fucking RuneScape old school? I've done that before. Played was... on, played on the fucking, play on the fucking Babby client, the the client that that some other dude made. Was I don't know, I don't even know what it's called. Yeah, I don't know. Anyway, Lightscape. I don't know. It's a long podcast, but I would like to thank you, Aroa, for being here. Yeah, no problem. Remember yeah, thank... to remember to disable your JavaScript. Yeah, and thank you, Connor, for being here. We even did the Warhammer Minute. Thank we you. We did it. You're welcome. We'll be back next week with more, some more podcast talkings and comings and goings of tech news and video and game come. news. <laughs> Goodbye. For the Emperor. <laughs> All the greater good. The Omnisaya protects us. <laughs>